0: This word, as I've meditated on it, this word has changed me. I'm not talking about the church. I'm not talking about my, my marriage. I'm not, I'm not talking about any of that. I'm saying this word has changed me. And as, I, as I've sat with the Lord about this specific topic, uh, I could not get away from knowing that this is the need in this church, in this hour, and I believe it is the only preparation that we can go through that will prepare us for what is about to come upon the church in America. And I'm not a downer. I believe we're victorious. I, I believe that if you, if you had a chance to watch the interview with Scott Sobey in Ukraine that we did on Monday last week and we sent it out to you all, hopefully you got to see it. If not, you can go to the America's Greatest Awakening Network and you can watch it. Um, we really don't want that out too much in certain areas because they are actually in a in a precarious situation uh where they are but uh he was willing to come on and share what God is doing and the update on that because I I know many of you have said what's the update well every day I'm getting messages back and forth and we're talking but um they were the the Russian military had cut off supplies to their city um they were getting very little um the Red Cross came in and uh were authorized evidently by the Russian military to come in and evacuate people. And as they left, um, they got out into where the battle part of it was and they were shot upon. They were all okay, but they actually shot up the vehicles with the Red Cross on them. So it's a very precarious situation. But, uh, Scott is, if you watch the video, no, I I haven't met anyone recently that carries that kind of peace. Um, and he said the scriptures are coming alive and we we prayed specifically uh to this week we were praying and and specifically for God to show up in miraculous ways and they they received the phone call and uh they were able to get food for hundreds of families um and so they went now now I want I want to tell you the importance of being a kingdom leader you know not just a pastor not just people that go to a church but to be a kingdom leader the mayor of the city said, give the food to them because they will take care of the people. Now that is the testimony of the church that I want to see, that I want to be a part of. That's the church that I want to be, that, that, when, that when there's one influx of food that they say, give it to the church because they, they serve the people, they, they love the people, they, they want to be that to, to the community. That's what I want to see. And I didn't actually, it was just before I walked in here, but I got a message, um, something about fuel and praying for a miracle. So uh, let's just take a moment. Let's join in with, uh, with them. I don't know exactly what it is. I'll watch it later. But Lord, today, right now, as we speak, angels activate and bring every need to fulfillment in their lives. Lord, the gospel be, be just expanded in the region. May there be a revival in the war-torn country of, of Ukraine. Lord, may it just be so evident that your hand is upon it, the protection, the provision, and the resources that, that no one can deny your supernatural power. We join in with them, we, we pray with them, and we will not stop. We will not stop. Thank you, Lord, for, for friends. Thank you for church family and we just are excited for what you're doing in their lives. Lord, may the hope that they have in that situation spill into an apathetic church in America. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the title of this series, for those of you who are just joining us, is It's a Time for War. Now, that was before all the stuff going on, so um, this is not about war on the earth. It is about war in your heart, and I have got multiple study bibles up here this morning and I've got lots of stuff we're going to go through so my encouragement to you right now is please get out your notes I believe this will uh this will change you if you'll let it and uh and so we've been exposing the tactics of the enemy because when we're in war we have to know what the enemy actually is trying to do he's not just trying to steal kill and destroy He's trying to distract and disarm and lots of different things. And so uh, this series has been about what in your own heart is keeping you from receiving the best that God has for you. We have to go to battle for that. Maybe it's an attitude issue. Maybe it's a, you know, a a lack of faith. Whatever it is, we have to go to battle for. But uh, this week, the Lord has really laid upon my heart these few stories in Scripture that I I have a feeling you're going to see yourself in. I have a feeling you're going to be able to see some holes in your heart that, uh, that you have because it's exposed them in me. And, uh, and I believe that when we, when we actually get to the end of the service, I'm prepping you for this, when we get to the end of the service, if, if the Lord has spoken to you about a hole in your heart or he's spoken to you about something that has happened to you, my encouragement to you is this, do not go away from this place without fixing that with him. You may not you may need to go fix it with a million other people. I don't know. But fix it with him today and then go take care of the rest because we know that the restoration, hear me, the restoration is as broad as the offense. And so today we're going to talk about being ambushed with offense. Being ambushed with offense. So we're exposing the enemy's plans and today we're going to talk about being ambushed. What is an ambush? An ambush, I mean, the, you can watch any kind of war movie uh, and you're going to see that an ambush appears somewhere in there. And it is some people hiding with, a, with a, an, an, an angle to attack you from being a, in a hidden place. And their goal is to stop your progress. The goal is to stop you from achieving your destination. And so they hide out in the weeds or they hide somewhere. And when you come into their area, they will jump on you and ambush you. And so the actual definition of ambush is this a surprise attack by people lying in wait in a concealed location. A surprise attack by people lying in wait in a concealed location. Now, their motive is to stop you, and the enemy's motive is to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, he does lots of other things, but his motive is to do those things, but he wants to stay concealed, because when he's concealed, you can't stop him. So, the enemy wants to lurk inside of our lives in hidden places that he can stop us from achieving our destiny but we don't realize that he's there because he's hidden. Yeah. And so what I believe today is all about is the enemy is totally cool to sit in the, in the pews of the church. He, this is like his game plan is to just sit in the pews of the church and just be inconspicuous. And, and he's just here. Just, he'll, he'll drop something in your heart and distract you from something. And, and he's really good with that. What he really doesn't like to do is play the last card that he has in his hand. And that last card that he has in his hand is he exposes himself. Because yeah. yeah. when he exposes himself, when he says, I'm here, I, I haven't been able to get to you because you're, you're in the Lord. You're, you're covered with the word. I haven't been able to get into you. So his tactics become more, instead of concealed and ambush, they become a full frontal attack on you. And some of you have been dealing with full frontal attacks in your life this week. And I would say all of us have dealt with ambushes this week of concealed things in our lives that the enemy has pulled up to derail us from what God's called us to do. And it will eventually lead to your demise. So turn with me to Psalm 119, the, the, massive, the massive chapter, Psalm 119. You got to love Psalm 119. And we're going to we're gonna turn to verse 165. I believe that the Lord is going to lay out today a way for you to see true healing in your life. I think that, I think that we can actually say that, that you will see true healing, not just, not just a, a portion of healing that's going to get you through next week, but a complete restoration and healing that will restore you for your days. Psalm 119, 165 says this, Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble. Now, this is, this is in the New King James. I'm going to read you that. But um, I'm going to go back to the old school. I got the old uh, the reference Bible, the, the King James, the, the one that I grew up in, you know, the one that I wasn't writing in because I was too religious to write in it, and now it's full of notes. But we're going we're gonna to actually read what this says. We're going to read what this says. It says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. I want to go to that church I do I want to go to a church that people are so in love with the word of God with what God is saying in this hour they're so enthralled with his presence that nothing will offend them and, and I, I can't describe this enough to you as a pastor. I didn't understand it before I became a pastor. I, I'm sure I engaged in it because I was immature. I don't know, but I can tell you that being a pastor, there are so many people offended with so many things. Are you really going to wear red shoes on the platform? Are you really not going to wear a suit and tie? Are you, whatever, whatever, you can be offended at anything, but what I'm telling you is this is a heart problem. It says... Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against Thee. So if I'm in the position of having a heart problem, I am going to result into sin and the first step to sin is being offended. I know this is going to hit hard this morning. I'm just telling you, just say, Lord, take me out because you're better than what what I could ever do. So, the, the main way that the enemy will hide in your life is through offense. And he will use offense to ambush you at every moment that you're about to see breakthrough. How many of you have been called to do something in the Lord and you have not accomplished it, but you've gotten to the precipice of it many times? Hands all over the room. God said, you're going to do this, and you get all the way to the end, and you get all the way right there, and something steps in. I can guarantee you that if you go back to it, there is some root of offense in your life that the enemy pulled on at the last second that stopped you from achieving your destiny. I believe, and this is a strong statement, I believe that the enemy uses offense more than he uses sin to derail the church. He, he can, you know, for, for many, many years, I've said that he has the greatest marketing message out there, the enemy. You know, we have the best product. He has the best marketing. He just throws naked people on a screen and people sin, right? Um, but, but we have the best product. We have the best person, Jesus, but he can market anything at any time to people who are searching, and, and he does, and, and he exposes that all the time. But here's the thing. He is only able to do it if you allow him a place to sit in your life, and it's normally concealed. It's not open. If the enemy was, if you are sitting in sin, and I, I'm just being straight up with you, if you're sitting in sin, you are literally, every moment of every day, you're thinking about sinning, and you're, you're doing that, then, then he doesn't need a stronghold in your life. And so he's not going to come into the church and he's not going to come into the church and and do some crazy, crazy thing that would make you sin right now in this moment. No, 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 no. That's not how he is. It says he's cunning. No, no, no. He'll, He'll wait until... Well, did you know that the pastor said this? Or did you know that, that, that they decided to do this? Or did you know that this is what the council did on the budget? And did you know that, that uh you know this this pastor's been gone a long time like he travels a lot and all these are roots of bitterness in your heart that the Lord will pull on when you're about ready to see fruit in your life. And so the church for so long has been fruitless. Uh oh, it's quiet. The church for so long has not seen the fruit that we know the Lord has spoken about because of offense in our heart. Now, that can be between you and the pastor. That can be between you and the church. That can be between you and God. That can be between you and your spouse. That can be between you and your kids. That can be between you and your parents. That can be between you and your grandchildren. It can be between anyone at any time, but if we don't know how to process offense, we will never see fruit in our lives. And I'm telling you that if you process it this morning, come with me, if you process offense this morning, when the Lord shows it to you, if you begin to process it, you will begin to see fruit before the end of this week. I'm telling you, it produces that quickly. We must understand in this hour that the danger associated with being offended is more potent than it ever has been on the planet before. We're going to read scripture in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, where people were offended. But I'm telling you that in this hour, there is a harvest that is greater than any other harvest on the planet. And God wants to give it to his church. But he's waiting for a church to step out of offense and into practical living and, and power with him. You see, if you literally just step back from life, I mean, unplug from everything, and I know that's hard, but just unplug from everything, and clear your heart, and then walk back into what you're currently watching, what you're currently doing, and ask the Lord, Do I have an opportunity to get offended at this? Everything you do every single day is an opportunity for you to get offended. You can be offended that it's only 65 degrees in here this morning. That's my fault, by the way. Hey, you know, just, just like, there are a lot of things that the Lord is opening for this house. And we had an international media company come in this week to film an episode of a show, which you'll all get to see. Uh, In this house this week, and they asked me to turn off the heat because they could hear it in the in the audio of the recording, and I said sure, and then I went around my week, and then I walked in this morning and it was 55, and I'm like, oh, (laughs) I forgot to turn it back on. My fault, but you know, you know, I, I use that, and you're all chuckling, but some people could get offended that you have to wear your coat this morning, and hold that against the Lord, or hold that against the pastor. And you'll miss out on fruit in your life. It's as simple as things like that. It's as simple as things like that. So the Bible explains that inside of times when we are overcome with offense, that we begin to lose our effectiveness as believers. We begin to lose our vision. We begin to lose our our passion for Jesus. We begin to lose it all because we're so distracted by offense. So no matter where you are in your life this morning, I don't care if you were born again last Sunday or if you've, been a, if you've been a believer for 50 years. I don't care where you are this morning. All that I'm about to share with you and all the stories we're gonna talk about pertain to you because Jesus said there, there is not a time when you, there is not an opportunity to be offended. He says, that it, he says that in multiple parts of the gospel, you will always have an opportunity to be offended if you want to. You see, I can't offend you I can, be an, I can just be weird, and I can, I can do things that maybe rub you the wrong way, but I can't offend you. You have to take offense. Yes. So the offense that is holding your fruitfulness back is not because of the person you've pointed at for the last 15 years. It's not for the person that abandoned you when you were five. It's not for the, it's not for the thing that happened when you were a teenager. It's not that person. It's you took the offense. And it's burning you. They don't even remember it. It's burning you. It's keeping you from a fruitful life in Jesus. Not them. Now, they may have things they have to deal with, but it's keeping you bound up. And the Lord wants to cut those chains off this morning. Many people don't know the dangers of, of offense, and we're going to talk about that this morning. But I believe that many people in this house, I'm not talking the greater church. They're watching this morning. That's great. I'm talking in this house. The turmoil that is going on in your life and the lack of the fruit in your life is because of offense. And today we're going to deal with it. You may not realize that you've taken up an offense, but oftentimes our mouths actually reveal that we're offended. You know why? Because when we open our mouth, it says, For out of the heart the mouth speaks. And it says that when we are unfruitful, when we are unfruitful, then we're barren, which means that our mouth is speaking. And if our mouth is speaking bitterness or unforgiveness, then there's a fence somewhere down hidden. There's an ambush waiting to happen. Now, I believe that God is going to release you from being ambushed by the enemy. And I, I so want that to happen for you this morning. So turn with me to Hebrews 2. We're going to go to a ton of scriptures, but, uh, sorry, Hebrews 12. Um, We're going to go to a ton of scriptures, but I want to read some of these directly from it so that you, you grab it this morning. Hebrews 12, 12. That's easy to remember. Hebrews 12, 12. It says, Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight the paths of your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather healed. So the objectivity of this scripture is, let's take the things that are weak and make them strong so that they don't get broken. If you are holding offense in your heart toward anyone, you are at the breaking point. You may not know it, but there's an ambush coming. Okay, let's keep reading. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, excuse me, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up causes you trouble. Isn't that sort of the definition of ambush? That this root, which means you can't see it, springs up. This root of bitterness springs up to derail you from what you're called to do. And it causes you trouble. And by this, many become defiled. This is not many unbelievers. The context of Hebrews 12 is written to believers. So by this, by this offense, by this ambush of the enemy, many will become defiled. It is a prescription of what will happen inside the church if you allow the root of bitterness and offense to stay in you. You will become defiled. And the church that is defiled is unproductive. Every time. Every time. It says, verse 16, lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. When we allow... Offense in our lives, we're surrendering our destiny. For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. Why? Because he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. He sought it with tears, he sought it with his own thoughts, but his heart was not repentant, and he never received The destiny that God had played for him and he lived a life of hell on earth because he sold it out for a distraction. And my question is, are we distracted this morning from what God really wants to do in your life? So Psalm 119, 165, we're going back there for a second. It says, great peace have they which love the law and nothing shall offend them to me this is a profound statement of where we are today if you watch the news and let's just take this whole war that's going on people want you to believe one thing people want you to believe another thing people want you to believe one thing everything in life there's two sides right and there's two factions both are well funded and and all of that and and they're trying to get you but you know what if you you could actually have an offense toward a world leader that you've never met and the only thing you know about them is what the TV told you. You can actually have an offense. I've heard people, I've heard people that have never met one of the presidents and have called for him to be murdered never met him. All they, I mean, they may have better intelligence briefings than we do. I'm sure they do but they're calling for an assassination of a president because of a root an ambush inside their soul do you think that they're going to be fruitful in life walking around carrying that how can fruit come from that other than bad fruit <laughs> bad fruit so what what i believe we can search out today in our own heart is we love the Lord we love his scriptures we love his word I hope that's you then nothing shall offend you nothing do you realize why there's lots of church problems it's because when people get offended they often retreat instead of just dealing with the issue and so offense lurks in the seats of the pews I knew it would get quiet then Offense lurks around and people stop showing up. Well, where where are they? We haven't seen these people for a long time. Why? Because they're offended. And what the Lord wants to do is make the enemy play his card and expose himself. Not hide. Because when he's hiding, he can still ambush you. But when you actually call darkness, darkness, and you shine light on it, the enemy has no stance. He's already a defeated foe. But when he's hiding in the darkness of your heart and your soul, He has a way to ambush you and so you see it in every church all over the place I talk with pastors all the time you see it all over the place that churches their their attendance goes up their attendance goes down the the people flow in and out no no that's not scriptural the Lord places you in a family so that your gift can can meld with all the other gifts and accomplish what he's called for you to do But people just sort of fade off into the sunset and when pastor calls them or the staff calls them and say, what's wrong? Well, I'm just not really happy with some things that are going on. No, you're offended. You have a lot of root of bitterness in your life. Let's call a spade a spade and let's play with this and say, hey, we're gonna deal with it today. But see, that takes maturity, people. That's what, it says that we're, we're, we're the pure bride of Christ and he wants us to be pure so that he can come back. So that he can have a people on the earth that are so passionate about him that that he's all that matters. But we've got these little games that are being played by the enemy because we've allowed offense inside of our heart. Am I too strong this morning? We have to do this, people. I'm telling you. It doesn't matter if we put purple carpet in here. It really doesn't. I'm not going to, but it doesn't matter. And if you got offended at purple carpet... Then you've got a very shallow walk with Jesus. Turn with me to Mark 4. Jesus, anytime you need to know where he stood on something, crack open the scriptures, turn to a page in red and read what he said about it and don't take anyone else's opinion. Don't take my opinion on it. I'm going to read the scripture. I'm going to give you my opinion. Take this scripture, go back to the Lord and say, "Show me what you want me to see." The problem in the church is that you've made the church has made the pastor the one who is giving the right perspective. Now I'm giving you what I believe the Lord has given me to the best of my ability with prayer and fasting and I'm trying. But he's the ultimate one. So when we read this scripture, I'm going to give you my perspective but I want you to hear his heart in this word. Okay? We're going to start in verse 13. Mark 4:13. You know this scripture and I'm cautioning you right now in this moment. You know this scripture. I, you've read it over and over. Do not Take what you know of the scripture and taint what we're about to read. He wants to give you a deeper level of understanding. And he said to them, know ye not this parable, and how then you know all parables. Reading from the King James for those of you who may struggle with this, but that's okay. Read in your own version. The sower soweth the word. What is the seed? The word. The seed is the word. Truth. So that's what the sower, so read this whole thing. When he's sowing, he's sowing the word of God. He's sowing the word. And there, sorry, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that it was sown in their hearts. Where is the word supposed to go? Okay, now this is, this is really strong. I love memorizing scripture. But if it stays between your ears, it doesn't change your life. So the seed of the word is supposed to take root in your heart. That's what this says. Verse 16. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground. So he's given the ground comparison. You know that. Who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. This is a definition of hearing the word of God on a Sunday morning and it goes in your head. But it never makes the 18 inch journey to your heart. It just sticks up here. It's okay, but it's, watch what happens to it. And have no root in them. And so endure, but for a time. Afterward, so the word stays in there for a while. But afterward, When affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately, King James Version, immediately they become offended. Immediately they become offended because it was a head knowledge, not a heart knowledge of the word. And so when persecution comes, when heat comes upon you, you will easily become offended because I thought I had it, but I really didn't have it. And I'm watching and, and following the news for our, our episodes that we're doing all around the world. And there's people that have it and there's people that don't. And the people that don't are getting offended that they thought they had it. So there's other types of soil. And if it's good soil and the seed actually makes it into your heart, it says it'll produce 30, 60, 100 fold. But it doesn't say the production of this. Why? Why? Because when you're offended, the maturation of the seed stops. It never produces fruit at all. When you step into a fence, all production of fruit or growth immediately stops. immediately. So You say, Pastor Rob, then, like, I don't want to give the enemy too much credit, but sometimes I feel like it's stolen before it ever hits my heart. That's his goal. That's his goal. If we go about learning scripture and we go about dealing with life in a lackadaisical way, the enemy is not here to play high fives. The enemy is here to steal, kill, and destroy. So if it's not making it to your heart, it's because the enemy has a plan to not make it to your heart. Psalm 119.11. Go back to that verse. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. What are we talking about? It can't just be a head knowledge of Jesus. It has to be a heart relationship with him. The enemy sends these things against you. Every single day. You've already had attacks while I've been talking. You say, Pastor Rob, how do I know? Because I can feel it in the room. The enemy is trying to distract you from truth, actually making it to a place where you expose his ambush in your life. The only threat, see how how I should put this. I don't want to oversimplify the battle, but the only threat to the enemy that you pose is to actually allow the word of God to be in your heart and produce fruit. If you go up against the enemy with head knowledge, do you remember what, do you remember what the demon said? Paul, I know, I don't know who you are, right? Because it wasn't here, it was here. It, was, it wasn't here. And God is waiting for his people to rise up and have it here and produce fruit and produce fruit every time you take an offense you're receiving the enemy's attack against you every time you receive an offense it was too loud this morning it was too quiet this morning I know we use the church but we're sitting here we might as well and that's what trips most people up they get offended at God because oh the music changed or this thing and whatever Uh, that's just shallow Christianity and he wants to grow grow the church Many people have gotten offended. They've quit church. What's the first thing? I'm not going next week. I didn't like that. Right, Stephen? Like, ah, whatever. Yeah. So what happens? You leave the family of God, which is protected. And so then you go home and you say, have you ever heard this? You talk to somebody and they're like, I can worship anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I had somebody say that to me. They're like, "I don't need to be in church. I can worship anywhere." And I'm like, "When's the last time you sat in the presence of the Lord for an hour?" Oh, oh, you mean 7 years ago the last time you went to church. Yeah, exactly. Prove my point. You you quit church, you stop reading your Bible, you stop communicating with the Lord, and your life begins to fall apart. And then you come back to church. And you say, oh, man, it was so good to be back with you guys. Oh, my word, I've missed this so much. And it's all here. And it's not here. And so then nothing changes. And then the pastor comes and says, why were you gone? Well, what's going on in your life? Let's go have coffee. And then you sit down with the pastor and you say, oh, you know, this person said something to me and it really offended me. And, uh, and I, you know, I, I don't know. Well, until you deal with that offense you're going to be offended at everything. And guess what? The lack of fruit in your life today that we're talking about because your marriage is falling apart and your kids are this and this and this and this, all of that disruption in your life and turmoil is because you have an offense at someone else. And I can guarantee that if we take care of that today that you'll see fruit in your life in those areas because the seed is there. It just needs some watering and nurturing. And sad enough to say, many people just don't want to deal with that. That's too much work. You mean I have to humble myself and go back and apologize and say, I was offended at you? I didn't know. Like, I I held this offense against you for 39 years. I know there's laughter in the room, but I'm telling you, this is what's keeping the church fruitless. Fruitless. Turn with me to Luke 17. Told you we were going lots of places. We haven't even started yet. This is the intro. (laughs) Luke 17, verse 1. Then he said unto the disciples, It is impossible, but that offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom they come. Wow. That's pretty interesting, huh? Woe unto them through through him these offenses come. Opportunities for you to take offense are around you all the time. All the time. The use of an offense is the enemy's attack trying to create barrenness in you. Because what is better for the enemy? Someone who comes in the church, sits and has no fruit, or someone who doesn't come at all. I would say that the person that comes and sits and makes a show is probably his better asset. So, I'm going to take you through some stories. I want you to take notes on these stories, and I want you to go back and read the stories, and I want you to dig into this because I believe that freedom is coming to you this morning. Turn with me to 1st Samuel 18. Do you realize that most of the stories that you've read in scripture actually have to do with offense? and you just read right past it? I know, at least for me. <laughs> Whenever I started looking into this, I'm like, oh, that was all about offense. Oh, that was all about offense. Wow, I never read it that way before. First Samuel 18, verses 6 through 9. Now, let me set the stage for you. David, warrior king. David wins battle, Right? David is the the man that Saul sends out to avenge and vanquish the enemy, and he does it right. Okay, that's where we're at in the story. Verse 6, Now it happened as they were coming home when David was returning from the slaughter of the Philistines that the women had come out of all the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with joy, and with musical instruments. So when the women sang as they danced, they sang this, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Jesus said to his disciples, there will never come a time when you can't be offended. You could always be offended. Can you imagine the king of a nation and your number one warrior comes back and he has vanquished your enemies, and the women of the city are saying, you did a little, he did a lot. So what happened? Verse 8, then Saul was very angry. You see, bitterness comes and shows itself in your emotions. Offense comes out in your emotions. It comes out of your mouth because it stays in your heart. And the saying displeased him. And he said, they have ascribed to David 10,000. And to me, they have ascribed only thousands. Now, what more can he have but the kingdom? So Saul eyed David from that day forward. And I want you to read after that. I want you to go home this week. I'm giving you a ton of homework. I want you to go home and read what happened. From that point on, Saul lost his position. He lost his effectiveness. He lost his anointing. He lost it all from that moment. When you read the story, from that, that was the turn why he was offended. He became fruitless and lived a life powerless against all darkness because he was offended at David. Now, go to 2 Samuel 6. We're going to continue on the David story. I would love to break this up into weeks, but God's got this this morning that is just, mm, we got to deal with it. Again, David gathered all, this is 6 verse 1, and David gathered all the choice men of Israel, 30,000, and David arose and went to all the people who were with him from Baal Judah to bring up from the ark of God whose name is called by the name the Lord of hosts who dwells between the cherubim. So they set the ark of God on a new cart. Now, if you go back to Levitical law, it said carry it on the shoulders of the priest. David didn't want to do that. It's more prestigious to put it on a cart. Okay. So they set the ark of God on a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. And Uzzah and Ahoyah and the sons of Abinadab drove the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill, accompanying the ark and sorry Ahoy. Uh, went before the ark. Then David and all the house of Israel played music before the Lord and all kinds of instruments, furwood, harps, stringed instruments, tambourines, uh, sistrums, and cymbals. And when they had came to Nacon's threshing floor, the threshing floor where work was being done, Uzzah put his hand on the ark and took hold of it, for the oxen had stumbled. Okay? When you are not carrying the glory as the Lord has instructed you to carry the glory, there are consequences. And David became, uh, so what happened? He died. The anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah, and God struck him there for his error, and he died there by the ark of God. And David became angry because the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah, and he called the name of the place Perez Uzzah to this day. David was afraid of the Lord that day, and he said, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? He was offended that the Lord actually followed through on his word how many of you have ever been offended that the Lord has actually spoken to you followed through on his word and you got offended anyway so what happens the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite for three months and the and and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all of his household so David's over here pouting He's pouting. He's like, okay, God knocked my guy down. I was trying to do the right thing. How many of you have a righteous spirit about you? I was trying to do the right thing, and God struck him down, and I was just trying to do it a better way. God doesn't want us to do church a better way. He wants us to do church his way, and when we carry the glory the way that the Lord asked us to carry the glory, nothing will hurt us. So David, in his heart, becomes offended, and in that offense, what happens is he actually begins to, To get angry. And he says, Listen, I don't even need the glory of God anymore. I don't even need to host his presence anymore. I'm going to leave it here. And he goes on. And David, three months later, hears a word that Obed Edom, where he left the glory of the Lord, is now being blessed. It's very interesting when the anointing of God comes on you and you realize that he's blessing something that you know is actually for you that you actually deal with offense. But I believe that the Lord wants the people of God to not have to be put in that position to actually deal with their offenses. Okay, now I'm gonna go to verse 23, the last verse of the chapter. So what happened? David goes, gets the ark, comes back, dances naked. Woo, this is amazing. Uh, He's celebrating. This is the best thing ever. I've got the glory of God back, uh, dancing around, all this stuff. And all the women of the city are looking at him dancing naked, and guess who gets offended? His wife, Michael, Saul's daughter. Verse 23, therefore, Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. Why? Because she was offended at her husband for doing, rejoicing to the Lord. She was barren the rest of her life because of offense. If you're living a life of barrenness, go to the root of the offense and you'll begin to produce fruit. She was offended at his worship of the Lord. Now, the devil is trying to offend you every single day, and I'm looking into the camera because I know there's people that are going to watch this. You are offended at the church. You're offended at God. You're offended at the church, and you've said, I'm done with all that. And he wants to restore you, but you have to give it up. You have to open it up, shine light on it, own it. I am offended. I am angry. Do you realize there's many ministries that have happened throughout the years that have fallen apart because the pastors actually got offended at their people? I'm seeing heads shaking by all the pastors in the room. It can happen. It can happen. If the enemy can get you to pick up an offense, you will become barren in your relationship with God first. That means that when when you pick up an offense... You'll become barren in your relationship with God first. Your Bible reading stops. These things stop. That's the first thing that gets severed. Then, as it escalates, you begin to become barren in your natural relationships. And then, finally, you become barren in your own soul. Because it's a deep, dark place when you carry offense year after year after year. Now, I'm not saying, hear me clearly, I'm not saying that you're, if you're offended, you're not going to heaven. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, if you're offended, you're not producing fruit that brings the kingdom of God to light to the world. And that's what he wants desperately in his church. Think about Moses. What, Moses, is in the, Moses is in the wilderness. He's leading a million people. Now I've heard people say that they could lead better than me And that's totally cool I'm placed here for the moment, whatever But you know what, you're sitting here So let's just get in line, let's do it Let's get where we need to go, amen You can lead a million people, go lead a million people, great But right now you're here So let's get something done, right Moses goes into the wilderness And he strikes the rock, boom, water, right And then the Lord says, listen Moses I want you to speak to the rock I want you to speak to the rock And what is he? he's offended At who? The people so he strikes the rock. Nothing happens. A type and picture, the rock in the New Testament is Jesus. Yeah. Jesus is only crucified once. Amen. So when he struck the rock, the water came out, showed us Jesus' forgiveness on the people. He was supposed to speak to the rock because you can't hit it twice. Amen. There's an anointing on this. He, he, you can't hit it twice. He struck it twice. He was... Yeah restricted from going into what God had promised him, he became barren in the land because he didn't obey and he was offended when he struck the rock twice. Now, I'm going to give you something that should give you encouragement. Even though he struck the rock the second time and the scripture said, don't do that. God said, don't do that. God is so faithful to the people that Moses was leading that even though Moses had a consequence for his offense, the people still got fed and watered. So even if your leader makes a mistake, God still got you. Okay? Don't ever let a failure of leadership derail you from your walk with Jesus because he's got you whether the leader has it or not. And we're all human. And we all make mistakes. But he's got you no matter what. Last one. And this is for somebody in the room. I wasn't going to go here. Do you remember Naaman the leper from Syria who went to meet Jesus or sorry it went to Elijah sorry and uh and and he says listen uh I came to see the prophet and the servant comes out No, no no I'm here to be healed as a leper and I came to see the prophet and you send out the assistant isn't that what happened I'm not going to read it for you we don't have time isn't that what happened Somebody in the room, I'm telling you, you're getting breakthrough. I wasn't even thinking about this. It just came to me. Didn't, didn't he say, you sent out Gehazi? Like, Gehazi? No, I'm here to see the prophet. And he got offended. And then what did Gehazi tell him? Go over to the river, Jordan, and wash. And what did, what did he say? What did Naaman say? That's the dirtiest river around. I've got clearer rivers in, in uh, Syria. That's crazy, that's crazy. So he walks away. Hear me. He walked away a leper. Some of you have not received your healing because you're carrying a fence in your heart. So what did he do? He had people around him that gave him wisdom and said, listen, it doesn't matter if it's a prophet or not, go do what he said. So he went and dipped in the river seven times, comes out completely healed. Some people in this place today, you have not received the breakthrough in your life because you have a root of bitterness and offense in your life and you will be healed and see fruit when you surrender. When you surrender. So, Offense in the strongs, which is strong. I'm trying to see how far I should go. Offense in the strongs is, in the Greek, means scandalon, which we get our word scandal from. But when you actually research the word down a little bit, it means a trip Stick. Now I was like, "Trip stick. What's that?" And then I typed that word in, and it showed me one of these—a mouse trap. Do you know what a scandalon is? This piece of metal right there—it's the trip stick. And so what happens is, is that when we get offended. We, we can live our life and we're, we're not a threat to anybody. We're not a threat to our spouse. We're just living life. It's great, right? And then what happens? We get offended and the enemy sets the trip stick. Now, we're not as stable as we were because now we're offended. When we become offended, the trip stick gets set and that ambush is ready to happen. Now, you can travel. I can hand you this, and you can walk all day, and if you're very careful, you may not trip the actual trap. You following me? You may not actually trip it, but I can stick my finger in there and probably break it. But what happens is, is that we walk around in life carrying offenses, and when we we go through life, we think we're okay. We think we're okay. Oh, church is amazing. Everybody's so good. This is great. Life is amazing. We have no issues in our life at all. And then we get to the point of breakthrough in our life, and we just forget for a second that we've been wearing masks for 17 years, and that we've got some some offenses, some tripwires that are set. And then one person, one person, and we explode and you say Pastor Rob what does that mean that may be a loss of a marriage that may be something but it's all because we allowed the tripwire to be set in our lives what have you allowed to be in your life that has derailed you from what God has called you to do what offense? I'm asking, you in the, I'm asking you right now, just close your eyes. What has been in your life that has offended you, that has kept you from what God has called you to do? What has come in between your relationships? What has come in between your walk with Jesus? What has come in between you and your walk with the church? What is it? Because if we don't deal with it, we're going to snap. We're going to snap. And the world will know one thing about us. That in the snap, we were not walking with Jesus. Because he can't be around when the snap happens. Because that's an ambush of darkness. And so many people have lived a life of turmoil. Maybe you're living in it right now, today. All hell is breaking loose in your life. That's not his best for you. He's not putting that on you. He didn't give you cancer. No. But he wants you to be free. And he wants you to get rid of offense. So, Lord, right now, I ask you to reveal to every person without distraction, reveal to every person a place where they are holding offense. It may be with a person in this room. It may be with me, and it may be with you. But Lord, in this moment, I ask you, would you begin to move, Holy Spirit? Would you begin to move, 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 and begin to heal, begin to restore, Begin to give back what was stolen from darkness. Lord, help us today to know you. Help us today to know you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're going to deal with this this morning, and they're going to play in worship, but I want you to pay attention for one other thing. The church of Jesus Christ is better than a fence. We are better than what we've been living at. We're better than this. He's called us to better. And the problem that I see in the church as a whole is that there isn't just one person living with a fence. There isn't one person with the tripwire set and oh no, it's gonna go off. It's every single one of us, and I'm including myself, it's every single one of us that have allowed the darkness of the enemy to come in and hide. And what does it look like when a church of offended people all get triggered do you want to know why the church isn't producing fruit in this hour it's because that has been more effective and more potent to your life than a walk with Jesus and it's done it's over It's over. If you want it to be over, it can be over right now before you ever walk out of this room. You can get healed. You can be delivered. You can be set free. It will happen. It will happen because the enemy's been defeated unless you give him the power through the offense to stop you from your destiny. Stand with me. If you have something in your heart and you say, I do not want to leave this place without being free from the ambush potential of the enemy in my life, then I need you to come forward and take care of it with him. That's the first step. The first step is to take care of it with him right here, right now. Now you may have to go repair things You may have to do things with people. You may have to go apologize. You may have to do all that. That's fine. But right now, there's an anointing in this house to be free right now. If you enjoyed today's message, I would like to encourage you to like it and share it on all social media platforms or jump on the website, thesummitdover.com or the app, and click the giving link and help us continue to share the message of the kingdom across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.